Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show, broadcasting from the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. We've got an amazing episode for you here. We're still in silly season. The Free Jacks posted today that we are 90 days away from preseason. Can't come soon enough here, guys, but um, an amazing group of guests today on the Jacks Rangers Show, episode 18. I'll tell you more about it after the theme music. Kick that mule. Here we go, baby. Woo! Alrighty, Rangers, that theme music gets you fired up, doesn't it? I know it does Chris Lind, who mentioned that to me not too long ago. Good to hear from Chris, as always. I'd love to hear from you guys that are not Chris Lind. <laughs> Send me an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. So here's here's how it works. The, in the offseason, you know that we're focusing on interviews with players, other personalities out there. So in this episode is no different. So here's the way that the format will work. We're going to have Sam Matthews, who is an English-born, Scottish-sounding UK <laughs> citizen who does a podcast called Over in 80 minutes. That's a rugby reference, obviously, but he has a bunch of different people on. He will explain that in the interview. Really enjoyed talking to him. He is a Free Jacks fan across the pond. Uh, he just recently had our CEO Mags uh, for the Free Jacks on his uh, podcast. It's a fantastic listen. After you get finished with the Jacks Rangers show, highly recommend jumping over there to Over in 80 Minutes with Sam Matthews and Mags. Uh, I think it's the most recent episode out there for his podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation with him. Hopefully we'll have him on uh, during the season. Here's what we'll do, guys. So we'll have him up first and then directly after him, we're going to have Doc from the 1st Regiment. If you're not familiar with the 1st Regiment, we get into it in the conversation with Doc. Doc is a super fan. He has a uh, Free Jacks tattoo that was not mentioned in this episode, but it was earlier on. I think it was like episode four. He was early. He was on early in the podcast, guys, but he is the founder of the First Regiment, which is an unofficial Free Jacks supporters group that had their very first meeting last weekend. They have another one coming up in November on the 7th at noon at Fowler's House Cafe, which is right down the road from Fort Quincy Veterans Memorial Stadium. And then finally, we've got the the big announcement from the Free Jacks here. Our flanker, our all-star flanker, Joe Johnston, uh, joined us all the way from New Zealand. This was Dave and I, of course, doing the interview with uh, Joe Johnston, the mechanic. And it was a fantastic interview. He gets into USA Rugby possibilities, talks about rejoining the Free Jacks, talks about his experience with Mike Rogers, who, who is now the assistant, full-time assistant head coach for the Free Jacks, who coached Joe when he was a younger lad. Yeah, great episode. Really happy to do it, of course. Um, I'll let you hear it here in just one second. I wanted to mention that merch is, you will see in the doc interview that I have on some new The Jacks Rangers Show merchandise. These are samples that I ordered. Just I just wanted to test stuff out, guys. If you're going to buy it, I want to make sure that it's it's uh, of high quality, that sort of thing. So I'm not exactly happy with the hats. The logo came out a bit small. I am wearing in that interview a musket size pants tent t-shirt that is available uh, and will we'll, 
will be available rather in the store. It's live on the website, but it doesn't allow you to check out yet. I'm still working out some stuff on that, guys. But pretty soon you'll be able to buy the Jax Rangers show merchandise. We've got a lot of cool stuff on there. So I'm excited about that. Other than that, I'll let you get right into it here with the interviews. And at the end, of course, I'll come back and, and we'll get, we'll close up shop and get you out of here. But hey, episode 18, we're rolling right along. 20 is just right down the road, guys. Really happy to continue to do this for you guys. I know this is, you know, we're about community building here at the Jack's Rangers show. So make sure you send me an email. If you like the interviews, interact with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, Jack's Rangers. Here we go, baby. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers show. I've got a very special guest here joining us all the way from Scotland, Sam Matthews in the um, Over in 80 Minutes podcast. Sam, how the hell are you? Mate, that's great. That intro is better than mine. Thank you for having me on. Long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so how's everything going in Scotland today? What's the weather like? Mate, it's good for one of the rare occasions, especially now that we've hit October, it's not raining. The drive back, I was up in Edinburgh the day, so the drive back was actually pleasant. Instead of gripping the wheel really tightly and trying to make sure I didn't die flying off the road, so it was a nice change. Very nice. I'm actually wearing a Dougie Fife appreciation shirt that the 1st Regiment does. It's a um, supporters group of the Free Jacks that we just started up. It says Champagne Rugby, and it's got Fife, and it's got like a bottle on it. It's it like a stand up. There we go. Check that out. Oh, you'll have you have to get me one cent across. I'll I'll pay the fees. Send me one across. Awesome. Yeah, let's let's get it done. Well, I'll get you one cent over for sure. Uh, Doogie, Doogie's a boy. He'd never remember me, but he did a bunch of camps when we were younger. Doogie was playing for Edinburgh, and he did like a lot of school skills camps, and I went to a few of them. So very nice. Um, so let's talk about. Go ahead and plug your social media and your podcast real quick. Oh my, I don't know, I've never had to, this is my first time as a guest on a podcast, so I was, I'm weirdly more nervous for this than I am for interviewing people like Mags and things like that. You're doing uh, My My <laughs> social, how would I plug my social? Um, well, it's at over in 80 minutes on Instagram, underscores between each word, and then it's at over in 80 mins, M-I-N-S, on Twitter. That's where we are, we don't do Facebook because, I don't know, Facebook's dying, slow death. I, I have lots of embarrassing memories from when I was a kid, so I keep my Facebook separate. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, we're good. Podcast is is not rugby exclusive. I try to get everybody, anybody. We had we've had Grand National winning jockeys on. I've had sports journalists on. Rugby's kind of the main focus at the moment, as it's easy to make connections with people you know. Right. But we're getting there. It's good. Lots planned, and we've just hit ten episodes. Where we're yeah, we're almost fifteen episodes now. Yeah, fifteen episodes. Very nice. Good for you, man. Uh, Thanks, man. Let's see here. So um, obviously you're in Scotland, but where are you from specifically? Uh, so don't tell, don't tell the Scottish people this, but I'm adopted Scottish. I was born in good old England, Birmingham, yeah. England. Wow. So I don't, you guys got, have you guys got Peaky Blinders over there? Yes, yes. Oh, no. Yeah, so if I'd stayed where I was born, my accent would have sounded like that, nothing like this. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so family from England moved up here when I was young and then picked up the accent. Gotcha. Okay. So what is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? I would, oh, it's, it was always in my fa- I grew up playing football when I was a young kid. I was very much into my football, soccer for you guys that are not. Right. We don't need pads where we come from. No. <laughs> it's gonna do. It's gonna do really well with the American audience. Like, and I'm actually gonna watch the American football after this, so it's fine. But uh, so I grew up with rugby. My old man, he played rugby. He was pretty decent. He was. He played down in Swansea when it was amateur level. When it was when it was an amateur game back in would have been about seventies, eighties, something like that. Right. And then as I got older, 
I became a bulkier guy and I was I wasn't built for football and my brothers both my younger brothers both started playing football and they were better than me so I went I'm gonna go play something else where I can be the best one in the family right nice. and now my and now my brothers are both better than me and I retired at the age of 25. <laughs> Interesting how that works huh? Life, life comes at you fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right um so did you seek out major league rugby did you stumble onto it how did that happen? Um, it's great. So I used to work in, I used to work for a company that did rugby retail. So we used to resell jerseys, shirts, things like that. Okay. Um, and then I was very aware of the rugby going on just from being a fan of rugby and just being in the community. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking, I can't remember, I was tweeting about something. I tweeted about rugby based podcasts and it was a uh, Mags's, Mags's own podcast. It was the full contact CEO podcast came up yeah. and he replied to my tweet going, well, what about us? Question marks. I hadn't tagged them. And then I started listening to it and I was like, oh, these guys are pretty cool. I, re- I really love Mags' attitude. I, you said to yourself, you listened to my episode with Mags, yes. but his, he, he has got an infectious personality for just get up and get it done. Yes. And it was something I really resonated with. And I was like, yeah, I'll support, like, I, I like it and I support the team. And then as it's just grown old, I just became a big Free Jacks fan. So now I'm on the rugby network most weekends watching the Free Jacks play. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, he, Mags is, I, I've said this on uh, another podcast, but I feel like he's so, he's so smart that it's great that he found rugby in high school. Otherwise he would be like some sort of super evil genius right now. Like some sort of super villain. That you can see <laughs> yes. He would be not, not to make fun of the ginger hair, but do you remember in the Incredibles, the Disney yeah. film with yeah. syndrome, he'd be like that unbelievable <laughs> technology at his disposal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what are your impressions of MLR? It's only, I think it's, um, it's really growing. So I, I think it's only up and up. I think the stuff they've got going with the rugby network is incredible in terms of their ability to broadcast the phone. I mean, look at me while well, I'm what five or six hours ahead of you guys just now. Yeah. So I'm watching is, I mean, it's great for all of us because a lot of British people live on an American time schedule. Cause like we were discussing like the NFL is a big, massive property right. and things like that. So the NBA is very popular over here. And then pro wrestling has a big home over here, although it's got European origin, it's big in the States. So a lot of me and my friends, we actually live on an American schedule almost. We're up at 1 a.m. watching sport. Interesting. So now we so now where the UK is situated, it's quite nicely because you can start watching rugby at six in the morning from New Zealand. Right. Carry on. You have a break about half 10, 11 to get some food, get a bacon roll and a coffee. Okay. And then you'll be watching the midday game, then you'll watch the three o'clock game have your dinner, watch some Saturday night telly, which is awful, like Dancing with the Stars or something like that. <laughs> and then you think, oh, I'll just go to bed. And then you, you go to bed to the sweet sound of the MLR. And next thing you know, it's 3 a.m. because you've been so hooked into the game. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, how is MLR viewed in Scotland and in the UK? Do you, do you know it's, a lot of people that watch it as well? I it's, it's growing. I'm probably one of the more, in my friend group, I'm one of the more avid fans. But it's growing. There's chat. It's not an unheard of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think as you keep getting the exports in, like when Ma Nonu and Chris Robshaw went to the Legion, yeah. stuff like that, the big the big signs come in. You've got Ben Foden at New York. You've got you've got our Doogie at New England. The names as, as the names keep coming in and the it's it's one of those things, isn't it? The more consistent as the consistent it gets, it grows, fans become more interested, word of mouth spreads, and as as I said with the rugby network, the more and more you give it, you make it able to view it'll draw interest because I mean rugby network is off the top of my head it's free isn't it so it's not even yes. like you have to pay to watch it yet so right free rugby what more could you tell kids go watch free professional rugby yeah it's fantastic um so 
are the MLR teams comparable to like the teams up there comparable to like Edinburgh or Glasgow, some of the professional club teams up there? In terms of, um, I think it's, I'd describe it as a sister, a, a, a little brother type situation at the moment. Okay. Cause um, I know, I know the SRU have a, they have a correlation with DC glory. I think it is. Yes. I know they have a correlation with them. There's a relationship there and I think it's some sort of pathway program. So I think there's definitely scope together because, I mean, look at look at New England as a great example. You're in the heart of Boston, and it's like that's talking to Mags about it. it's trophy time. You've got Bruins, you've yeah. got Patriots, you've got Celtics, Red you've Sox. got yeah, you got Red Sox. Exactly. You've got you've got some iconic teams in sports history. Yes. And then you've got some passionate fans there, mm-hmm. and it's a sport that a sport that in theory Americans should love. Because yeah. like we like we said at the NFL, it's 17 weeks of hard hitting nonstop. The only thing that makes them stop is somebody going, there's a thunderstorm and there's a high chance you could get electrocuted. That is the only reason we will not play this game. Right. So if you went to somebody who went, do you enjoy American football? And they go, yeah. Do you not fancy spending seven hours to watch one game and spend three? <laughs> and you can still get just as drunk. You can have just as much fun. Yep. And you don't have to sit on your hands for 15 minutes waiting for the next big exciting thing to happen. So listen, I've been trying to. I'm a rugby <laughs> evangelist, so anytime anybody brings up American football, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, have you ever heard of rugby? You know, so I've been doing <laughs> that for 20 years, man. So I mean, hopefully, we've made a little bit of a dent here. So now that we've got professional rugby, people like it's in the zeitgeist, it's in the back of their minds. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just been it's been quite the journey for a lot of us that have they've, they've been so obscure for so long, and now that it's slowly gaining momentum, it's it's awesome. It feels like right. we've been working towards something. You know? Exactly. Well, exactly. It's, it's the work of people like yourselves, like Mags, like the whole, like everybody behind every team. Like there's mo- there's a lot more to rugby than 15 guys on a pitch and seven guys on a bench. So yeah, sure. anybody that's growing it, the fact that you guys are selling out the old stadium. I know we're moving soon, but. The fact you were selling out the old stadium, it was the was it the second last game of the season or the last game of the season where it was torrential rain? The, well, and the crowd yeah, was still wall to wall. It was the last game at Fort Union Point against yeah. New York. It was completely a, a downpour, a monsoon. It was pissing rain, and that's <laughs> when the when the fans actually really came together as a unit because the the people that stayed there, the hardcores, like mm-hmm. we just had so much energy. It was like un, uh, anything that you would ever see anywhere else. Like it was just times ten. You know, it was just, it was, it was amazing. And that's what galvanized the fan base, I think. And then that next game, we actually went to the new stadium, um, which is in Quincy, Massachusetts, closer to Boston. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Nice. And then like rugby, rugby in the rain is the best thing. So especially when we had, was it Waka that ended up playing 10 that game? Yeah, it sounds right. Yep. Waka was playing 10 and I remember I was watching it and he just kind of got the ball from the back of a set piece. Yeah. And he looked at what was the optional crash ball in the piss and rain. And he just kind of, you literally saw him just go, uh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he, he saw the pod and he just went, fuck it. And just threw it to the wing. Like he yeah. just put all his power into that ball. And I was like, yeah. that's the best kind of advert for rugby right there. Absolutely. F- yeah. 15 people that just go, fuck it and just play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what is the current state of rugby in Scotland right now? Um. We're gro- we're growing the the amateur games back on track. It's weird. I mean, I'm so out of the loop. I'm not in any not in any fields or anything, any communities, boards. But from the as a fan of rugby in Scotland, it's back. The the what we have the national one that's like the top amateur league here. That's getting fans back again. So that's good. 
I've still got friends that play in that league. I've got people that I've played in with teams when I was younger in those leagues. So they're finally getting fans back. So we can go watch our teams play again, which is always good. Nobody's having to do COVID tests and lockdown. Right. Ridiculous. Um, then the pro game's getting better. We, we've got an abundance of depth at certain positions and then lacking in between. But the national team's coming on really, really well. Um, I think it's we're, we're starting to play exciting rugby and then our women's team are doing so well. Our women's team are incredible. They just got through to a World Cup qualifier tournament the other day, so they've got to go and play in might be a month or a couple of months or so, but they've got to go play for them. Shout out to them. Right. We had I used to work with some some of the players as a sort of ambassadors for my previous role, and they're the heart. Some of the nicest people ever, and they're doing they're like amateur players, so they're playing like going doing ten hour work days and then hitting the gym and stuff like that, and it's ungodly hours. There's a lot. <laughs> I can't remember. There's a one woman called Sarah Bonner. She's um she's an RAF trained private, so she's like working for the army during the day and then going and hitting a scrum machine at night and then wow. playing for Harlequins women in the evening and the weekends. That's awesome. Yeah. So no, the the state of rugby's growing, and then I think they're getting more kids, more kids playing, and then as long as as long as you're getting kids playing, there's always going to be rugby in the in the city, which is good. Just a quick question. I mean, I know that you guys have two professional teams there in uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Could Scotland support an additional professional team do you think uh we used to have one we used to have one down my my area which is the borders which is the border between england and scotland so it's like i'm 30 minutes south of edinburgh okay so we used to have one there in the lovely town of galish hills if shout out to galish hills if you ever be there you'll know why nobody goes back <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah we used to have the border reavers so we used to have three professional teams and they had some pretty big players playing then there chris cusser scotland legends chris patterson things like that played for the borders mm-hmm. and then um I don't know. If they were to make a third team, I think they could. I think you'd be spread in a very thin pool of players. Gotcha. Okay. And then I think you'd be doing well. So we have what we've, they've developed what they call the Super Six, which is a semi-pro league. Okay. Which is like, um, so they've got six that they gave, they gave what were called out Super Six contracts to the six biggest clubs in Scotland Mm -hmm. or what they perceive to be the biggest clubs. So you have Melrose, which everybody started off from the home of the Sevens, things like that. They've got a team which are now the Southern Knights. They're like a regional team. Then you have, uh, I'm going to embarrass myself. Now all the names have left me. We've got Harriet's, Watsonians, Boroughmuir, Sterling County, Southern Knights, and Ayrshire. Ayrshire, the last one. And that's how they do. So they're missing a bit of professionalism up north. Gotcha. But other than that, they're going well. The central belt's kind of where it ends. But there's teams up there. There's Aberdeenshire and things like that. They get some games. So in the short rounded answer to your question, you probably could get a third team, but it would be very thin on the ground in terms of professional level players. So I think I think the way to do it now is I'd stick with the two and really flesh them out. Gotcha. All right. In my unbiased, non-professional opinion. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Um, so next thing I wanted to ask you here is, did you hear about the Dougie Fife appreciation game that we had where we dressed up in kilts for the last home game and we had the Braveheart um, uh, colors on, the the blue face paint? Did you hear about that over, overseas? I, I missed that. I completely missed that. When was that? That was the, oh, the last, last home game, game you said. Yeah, against Atlanta. So a bunch, I would say like 40 to 50 guys all dressed up in kilts and wore a couple of us wore the face paint. Not everybody, but I did, of course, because I'm a diehard. But um, <laughs> yeah, we all did the uh, the the whole Braveheart thing. Uh, as a person that is in Scotland and has a Scottish accent, even though you're uh, technically English, what do you think about that? Is... Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I love it. Did you eat haggis after it? No, <laughs> I've never oh, had it before. Do you know what haggis is? 
I yes, I do actually. Uh, that we'll we'll get to Haggis a little bit later on, but yes, <laughs> I've I've heard of it. Yeah. Mate, oh no, I think that's any any time when a, a player becomes a little bit of a cult hero is always good, and then because I mean we've got some incredible players that could be. I mean, I think we must have the best hairstyles in the MLR just in our front row alone. Like, so many passionate mullets and things and the afros and, oh, like Kyle Kukera's one is unbelievable. Yes. I the, the fact that man does not have a head and shoulders or a shampoo advert deal is a crime against Matt. Yeah, that needs to happen immediately. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I will develop a shampoo and just get him to come on. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> um, speaking of the Free Jacks, who is your favourite Free Jack? Is it Dougie Fife? <laughs> I don't I like I just I like the team I don't get to because it's on so late there's times when the, I just don't get to watch the games and then the teams but I mean we had the guys that were getting into the they were getting into the team of the year and stuff like that it was the back rower his name's escaped me he was phenomenal without a doubt yes like names escape me but I you watch them and then it's I say it all the time I had um, a bit of an interesting story for you so I represent a men's mental health group called Bloke so plug it quickly i'll just keep the cap in the background when i'm going so oh very nice Lokes is a men's mental health group so if anybody ever wants to get on the forum there we have open forums and that just to discuss how people are feeling and things like that and cool. so we have some brilliant ambassadors there we had a guy called um his name's callum circuit he's phenomenal he's currently playing for the cornish pirates all right but he got he was in my opinion i'm not going to put words in his mouth but in my opinion he was very unfairly dumped by wasps you know the premiership club Oh yeah. So he 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 had a history of horrible injuries. So he got dumped by wasps, hmm. and then I was texting the whole time. I was like, "Mate, you could do a lot worse than going and playing in the MLR." Right. Yeah. So like, there's that. I'm trying to compare the caliber of you can have such like we were talking about earlier how they compare. Yes. You do get these big name players coming across and these high skill level players, mm-hmm. and it's always it's just always impressive to see. But in a, another way to answer a long question a short way my favorite players probably doogie or even the back row and i do like waka as well just because i like that bullshit let's just play rugby attitude so yep and then for the hairs for the hairstyles you've got like the front row as well yeah for sure because it must be tough to scrum scrum against somebody when you've got a mullet in your face (laughs) absolutely those are some uh some good names for uh some of the best free jacks that we have for sure so you're right you're on the right path there um as mentioned earlier you know you did an interview with mags who is a super genius and just amazing. We're so lucky to have him as the uh, CEO of the Free Jacks. What did you take away from that interview? Max, I'm, oh, it was, it's one of those ones where I learned more from Max's attitude than I did from the questions I had. Mm-hmm. I, say this, I, I say this to people, people go like, oh, how's your podcast going? What's your favorite one? And then it's weird because everyone's been a favorite one in a different way because I've taken so much difference from every single one. Like, um, for example, I love George's because George's was my first ever podcast, George Taylor, the Edinburgh Centre. And I love George's because it was me having the courage to put it out there, even though I knew it wasn't the perfect podcast that's ever going to be on the internet. Because right. if I was waiting for that, I'd never put a podcast out there. And then yeah. I loved Mags's because it was such an insight into parts of rugby you don't normally get to see. Mm. Like you've got you've got the head of a franchise just going, oh yeah, I'll tell you anything you want to know. I'm an open book and it's... Right is so inspiring to see. And then one of the things that leaves you with Mags is like we said at the very start when we're talking about him being a super genius is like, there's no such thing as a problem. It's more just the case. He gets given a problem and he just goes, right. So what do we need to do to solve it? He doesn't get given a problem. Just go, okay, we can't do that. Yep. Which yeah, is a very inspiring attitude to have and something I want to try and implement. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a USA Rugby legend as well. For the folks that um, you know are, are listening to this right now, make sure you go check out the Over in 80 Minutes podcast that features Max. Um, it's really good. Anytime I see him on something, I immediately stop what I'm doing and go listen to that. That's why I found your podcast, because it, it's just so insightful. What he says is just, it's brilliance <laughs> coming out that's, of that, that's it. He's, he's, I don't think there's any wasted words. And like you said, he has that ability to... He's what he's what I call he's he's a thumb stopper. So you know when people are scrolling through social media, yep. when it's mags, you stop and see what it is. For sure, I agree. Yeah. A thousand percent. I'm gonna say I'm gonna sound like I've got an unhealthy obsession with mags from the other side of the planet right now. That's all right, man. <laughs> I definitely do. I'm I'm the uh, the unofficial president of his fan club over here. You know that doesn't <laughs> exist, but you know, yeah, we're big it's, fans. It's it's him and um, what's uh, what's her name? Tammy Tammy McQueen. Yes. She's another she's another very inspiring person to follow on social. She seems to never stop either. Yep, she's killing it um, in her company there in uh, Atlanta. So she um, she she works for the Free Jacks uh, during the home games, but she travels mm-hmm. from Atlanta to do that. So she commutes that. I mean, for the folks that don't know that are watching this from overseas, perhaps that's a long distance to go to. to Love you, what, six or seven hours in the flight or something? It's not quite that long. I would say three-ish, but that's still quite the commute. That's, I was going to say that's up from, I don't know, I'd be here to, for the Scottish listeners, that's about here to Spain or here at Paris. Or, right, yeah. The, yeah, you're not, getting there. The, the country is just so vast. People don't really quite understand, especially the, uh, the internationals that come over and play in MLR. If you're going from, let's say, New England, you know, plays LA, that is a six-hour flight. You know, it's just incredible to think about. Mm. Especially when the most, the most light diggy, the most he'll probably do is a, couple of hours down south if he's very unlucky so right yeah mm-hmm. okay so la- well one of the last things here we've got is um give us your best boston or american accent we're <laughs> doing this with all of our international folks that we've had on the past couple of weeks because i've had a lot of players that are um you know been retained and the coaches are all internationals as well amazing i'm trying to think of my i'm trying to think of my experiences with boston so because, uh, another little background. So my major experience with Boston is the Bruins because I was on a school trip to Vancouver when the Bruins won the Stanley oh, wow. Cup. That's awesome. Uh, you, remember, you, know, you know when there was the riots in Vancouver? Yes. Yeah, we, 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 we got on a flight the morning before that happened. So oh my God. I left my mom and dad. I left and I was like, Mom, this city is amazing. It's such a culture. Everybody's so calm and peaceful. Yeah. And then <laughs> got off the plane. I was like, Oh, the street I was stood on yesterday is now on fire. How good to know? Yeah, a lot of um, frustration with uh, Canadians not winning the Stanley Cup just bowled over. They they like hockey. When I speak to when I speak to James O'Neill, he tells me they like hockey. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um. Right. Boston accent. Boston accent. I'm I'm terrified. I'm going to do a New York one and then really offend somebody. But let's hear it. And walking here. Get out of here. <laughs> That's not terrible. I've heard worse. <laughs> the, way, the way you looked at the screen tells me that it wasn't very good. No, no, no. I've heard worse on this podcast. So that, that I'd say that's middle of the road. So not too bad. Somewhere like Connecticut Road. <laughs> uh, so final thing here, we do one word association. So I'm going to say a couple of words and I want you to just tell me the first thing that pops into your mind when I say these things. All right. Yeah, perfect. Go. United States of America. Patriotic. Love that. Okay. MLR. Growing. Dougie Fife. Cult Hero. <laughs> All right. Scotland. Uh, home of the Free. All right. New England Free Jacks. My favorite. 
All right. Final thing here is haggis. Is haggis what? Oh, I'm just saying it is haggis is the last word that we have here. All right. <laughs> yeah, haggis. Oh, tasteful. Sunday morning. Can't beat it. Put it on your fry up. All right. You want, if you want the old Miss Scottish, Scottish you got to get a real fresh Sunday morning roll from your butchers or Saturday morning roll, butchers, bakers, get it lathered up with butter. I want like a little extra layer of butter on the top. Yeah. Then you get squared sausage. Squared sausage is what we do around here. And then put that on, let the butter start to melt, haggis on top, and then red sauce, squish it all together. That's you ready for any game of rugby. Yikes. I, 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 it just sounds gross to be honest with you but we have something <laughs> similar where i'm from i'm from north carolina and it's actually very centralized to where i'm from it's called liver mush look it up everybody listening to this google liver mush liver um, mush. i've got it written down here on a note so i'll look at that once we finish here perfect all right this has been <laughs> awesome sam let's do it again sometime i appreciate no, it pleasure thank you thank you for coming on and we actually say one thing here to exit the videos so i'm going to say uh, I'm going to give you a countdown, three, two, one, and you say with me, huzzah, okay? Amazing. Three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! All right, cool, man. Thank you so much. Cheers, Phil. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I've got a very special guest. He's been on here before, but this is a different type of interview, guys. We've got Ed Doc Patnod here to explain everything about the 1st Regiment. So, Doc, how the hell are you? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad, man. We both have a beer here. I'm going to open this bag up. Cheers. Check out the new merch, guys. I got a hat. Oh, and also, there's a red one, too. And I have a shirt. It says musket size pants tent. It's not the best uh, thing to view right now. But, um, yeah, the hopefully the, the shop will go live. I know that you have a shop as well uh, with the 1st Regiment. So, um, Doc, for the people that may have missed our first interview, give us some background information about yourself. How did you find rugby? So I found rugby in the Free Jacks by accident. Um, it, was, it was a happy little thing. I was watching a movie, Invictus, tumbled into the game, and then next thing you know, I'm just looking for one thing after another to watch, doing Google searches. Oh, look, we have a team in New England. Fantastic. Started going fell in love with it, fell in love with the team and the organization. And it's just been fantastic ever since. Just keep going. Very nice. Um, plug your first regiment, social media website and merchandise. Yeah. So uh, you can find us on the web at the first with the number one uh, regiment.com uh, is our website. And it's the same for our socials. So you just look for the, and then again, the number one first regiment. Um, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, um, and we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Yeah, check out the merch, guys. So this is a, um, a scarf that they have that they are selling on the website soon. Um, it says hold the line on one side and the first regiment. So you're not going to be cool unless you have this walking into the first home game. Uh, I can tell you that for free. Um, yeah, so this is very exciting stuff. So I know that you've had a conversation with the club already in regards to this supporters club. Uh, we'll get into that momentarily. Um, so kind of give us a breakdown of what exactly the first regiment is and what made you want to start this. Yeah, so um, it's, it's, a, it's a supporters group. 
just like any other sport, um, mainly we're modeling after what the New England Revolution supporters groups have been doing for years, and it's been working. Um, so it was just a way to kind of bring the fans together in one cohesive, you know, kind of unit and like-minded, same mission, you know, trying to promote the game, you know, promote uh, our team, be fans, be respectful, be loud. We want to make the Fort Quincy the most uh, inhospitable for visiting teams as we can possibly make it while still being respectful to, you know, the people around us in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not looking to be a bunch of hooligans, but we're <laughs> going to have that pride. Right. You're definitely speaking my language here about us being the most, the goal is the being the most intimidating fans and atmosphere in MLR. I love that. I think that's a great goal to strive for. Um, yeah. I, I, I want the opposing players to, to feel uncomfortable when they come to Fort Quincy, for sure. Yeah, yeah, loud and proud, baby, loud and proud. How can people get involved at this point? I know it's very early on in the organization's life here. Yeah, so um, the easiest way is to, uh, to tr- you know, put in for our Facebook group. Um, that's the easiest way to kind of start getting involved. Um, you can also go to the website, mm-hmm. and um, there is a, uh, a newsletter button. You can, you can sign up there. Um, we don't have the actual memberships live yet. We're working on, you know, getting the bylaws established, um, getting all that ground laid, and then we'll, we'll go live with the actual membership and, and things like that and what we can offer. But that's probably the easiest way. Or you, you, you can um, email me at doc at thefirstregiment.com. You can shoot me an email. You can find us on Twitter. Connect however you can. Awesome, awesome. Um, and it's not first written out. It's 1ST. One Exactly. Yep. You got it. All right. Um, you recently had a first regiment meeting with the Free Jacks organization. Can you give us a rundown of what took place? We did. So, um, you know, I've been in, in communication with them, just making sure that one, I wasn't insane by wanting to start this and that, you know, it was a good thing that we were doing. And the club's been nothing but supportive. They're excited. They're ecstatic about what we're doing. They're, they're very interested in, in doing things with us to, to help promote the team and, and promote the sport in the, in the area, you know, cause it's still relatively new to the area. People still don't know we're there at times. So it's a way to help them and help us at the same time and a little bit of give and take. So like I said, I had that first meeting and it went well, um, you know, so we're just trying to lay out how game days are going to be for us and what events we're going to be able to have for other members of the first regiment and, you know, getting, um, you know, meeting places set up, you know, what are we going to do for away games and, and things like that. And just trying to work uh, the foundation with the team. So I was at the first in-person meeting official one, at least um, this was last weekend and we did uh, schedule a specific date for the next in-person meeting. Can you go over that real quick for everybody? Yeah. So we've been having our in-person meetings over in Quincy. Um, we've been having them over at the Fowler house cafe on Hancock street. Great guys um, and gals. The place is fantastic. Um, they're very accommodating to us and, and welcoming. Um, so, it's, again, it's another way for us to give back to the community by having them there, bringing support to local businesses. So November 7th, um, it's a Sunday at noon. It's going to be uh, our next official face-to-face meeting. So if anybody wants to come and check us out, and mm-hmm. learn more and, and join us, and they're more free than more, more the merrier. Come on down. Awesome. Awesome. What is a short-term and a long-term goal of the 1st Regiment in your mind? Short-term goal is uh, just to keep the group going, get everybody organized and, and 
you know, the more, like I said, the more the merrier. You know, we're we're looking at grow the membership and actually do things with fans. Um, so short term, I think it's just to survive, <laughs> uh, just to keep it going and, and just keep the momentum and the moving forward. Um, long term is, is more interesting for us. Long term, we're looking to actually become a 5013C, which is an actual nonprofit organization. Right. Um, so, so the goal for us is to help the youth rugby um, community. So in New England, we're looking to give back and, and, and help out those youth rugby programs in, in the various states. Um, they're struggling. You know, Rhode Island is um, just starting to set up their youth rugby. They've got a, a team down in Newport and a team in Providence, and they're struggling. They need the funds. They need the support. They, you know, need whatever they can get. So, uh, you know, long term is for us to be able to walk up to them and at the end of the season and say, here, here's some gear, here's some equipment, here's a check, here's whatever we can do to help you guys help the, the, the community. Very nice. Yeah. I don't think that I, I could be wrong. I, this is not something that I have my my finger on the pulse of, but I don't think there's any youth rugby that ha- happens in New Hampshire. I know they used to have it. I know that Chris Lynn was a part of that, but I think it folded uh, at the beginning of COVID, and I'm not sure if it's back yet. So, th- I mean, this is an important thing. We have to grow the game at the youth level. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the league might not survive um, past us watching it, right? Um, the, it, MLS knew this very early on is like, get the kids involved, you know, invite them to the games, whether it be, you know, discounted tickets because they have to bring their parents, get them exposed to soccer, you know, show, show professional soccer to these youthful kids. And now it's, yeah. it's work because now those kids are now grown up and watching uh, soccer uh, MLS specifically um, and bringing their kids now to the game. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a pathway that has been, um, already paved out by MLS and, and to show how it can be successful as a fringe sport and, and gain some uh, legitimacy and relevance in this uh, saturated sports market. So, yeah, it has to start there with youth, uh, get them playing rugby, get them exposed to rugby, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, and, and the Free Jacks themselves have been doing great, you know, trying to promote that as well. You know, they've got the youth rugby folks, they had a tent set up there at the games yep. to promote and, and get kids signed up and involved. And, you know, it's great to see that grassroots. You know, you got to start them young, hook them while they're young, and, and get them going. My two young ones uh, have already fallen in love with it, and my youngest daughter, she can't wait to play. She's like, "When when's rugby starting back up, Dad? When are we starting practice again? When are we going? When are we going?" Awesome. You know, so got to keep that drive going. And like I said, you know, for us as as a membership, you know, whatever we can do to give back at the end of the day is what we're looking to do. So. For sure. You know, whether it's it's through, you know, merch sales or fundraisers or, you know, whatever it is that we do to bring revenue in, it's all just to go right back out to the community at the end of the day. It's fantastic, man. Um, just switching gears here, taking your uh, founder hat off of the first regiment. Let's talk about stuff as a fan real quick. What is your favorite moment from last season being a Free Jacks fan, a Ranger, if you will? Oof, favorite moment. I'd have to say there's probably it's a, it's a close tie for two. And, and the first, unfortunately, I wasn't there for, I'd say the rain game, yeah. you know, um, I was at, unfortunately at home watching it on TV, but just to see that level of passion and commitment there and, and all the fun through social media and, and through the game that was just going on. Um, and then the last home match, the way we wrapped up the end of the season, I mean, we had, you know, our, our, our W Fife appreciation night, we had everybody kilted up and showing up and coming out. And, yeah. you know, it felt, you know, being 
you know, at the new place over, you know, Veterans Memorial, it, it felt like a home. It felt like a stadium. It was more of a game day experience. And it was, you know, something that you, you could see that the Free Jacks were, were pushing for with each game. Every home game, it was getting better. They were working bugs out. It was improvement upon improvement. And that last game at the end of the season, you felt proud. Yeah, you, you felt proud to be a Ranger. You felt proud to be a Continental and a Free Jacks fan. It was just fantastic. Everybody loved it. It was one big family atmosphere. It was great. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. It was just it seemed like everything came together in that one moment. And to beat um, Atlanta, too, who was the best team in the East, you know, it, it's yeah. it just it was like a Hollywood ending um, for that a little cherry on top. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we've heard that Quentin Newcomer, Dougie Fife, and Joe Johnson have been retained for next year. What other player are you hoping comes back next season and why? Kenny mm. Hatakeyama. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, you know, with him getting hurt last season, we didn't get to see as much of him as, as we should have. Yeah. Um, you know, even coming off the bench, he's just been explosive. He gets out there and he, he just he's got nothing but energy the whole time. Um, so I think he's my, my first right off the bat. If I have to be put on the spot, I'd say definitely, you know, getting Kenny back out there on the pitch. Right. If I recall correctly, like he was the first big signing that I was like, oh man, this is, this team is going to be legit. They brought in a, a veteran Japanese prop. Um, so I thought, you know, this is something that we need to take seriously um, because they're taking it seriously, obviously bringing him in. Now he's getting yeah. a little bit older now, obviously. Um, so if anything, you know, have him play, you know, whenever he can, but also like maybe coach the forwards um, or help out at least uh, yeah. in capacity. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Not, nothing but a wealth of knowledge there. So it's like definitely, you know, get some of the younger guys under your wing and just you know, take advantage of it. And, you know, from what I've seen, you know, with the players, you know, getting there early and being there late, it's, it's definitely one big family. You know, they're all looking out for each other. They're all learning from each other. And, you know, with Coach Martin there at the end of the season, you know, he was pushing everybody, you know, and they just kept getting better and better with each game. You know, it was it was tough. I mean, we, you know, we were pushing for the playoffs. It didn't happen. But guess what? The season's our season. Yeah, I think we're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to they're really going to have to keep their eye on us this season. I agree. You know, and it's, it's the fans job to make the place loud. Yes. And like I said, uh, we, we want to, you know, have it be an issue for them coming into the fort. Absolutely. To get that place rocking, you know, shaking from us just stomping oh, yeah. our feet and yelling. Um, so this is a weird one. This is going to be a curveball for you. If you had to be a fan of L.A. or New York, who would you be a fan of and why? <laughs> L.A. because it's not New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, if I had to pick between the both, I'd probably say neither. But if I yeah. got to do one or the other, it's, it's going to be L.A. because, again, it's not New York. Sorry, guys. I, I would just Love be to so hate you. Yeah, I would just be so embarrassed to say I'm a Guiltini fan. Ugh, yikes. Uh, it, hey, listen, pinky out when you say it, okay, sir? Make sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't know what they're thinking. I swear, so please. So embarrassing. LA, if you're listening, please rebrand. Do us all a favor. Do yourselves a favor. Rebrand. Yeah. I mean, uh, you think about it, like, they don't even call Austin the Gil uh, Gronies. They just say the AGs. So those people down there were like, this is not going to work. I mean, they no. said that from the very beginning. They were like, this, this name is not going to work. So we're just going to call ourselves the AGs. So. Yeah, LA's got to do something. But it's, it can't stay that. Please, God, don't let it say that. <laughs> All right. One word association here. So I'm going to say one word or a couple of words. And the first thing, first word that pops in your mind, throw it back at me, okay? 
All right. Mags. Fantastic. The first regiment. Outstanding. <laughs> Free Jacks. Family. Okay. Rugby United New York. Ugh. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woodgy. A monster. All right. Yep. I agree. Um, so last thing we're going to do here before we get you out of here, Doc, is I have written on a sticky pad here some names of players. So let's go back a couple episodes. Um, the, the Outriders, myself and Dave, and the guest Outriders, which is Chris and Ted, we all you know, discussed among, among ourselves and decided who we wanted as dream signings for the Free Jacks, okay? Realistic, but dream signings. So um, there was one honorable mention that I mentioned here by the name of Joe Mahler, all right? He plays, uh, so it's, it's going to be hard to see, but he plays for Harlequins as a prop. So he is the one that is like the outlier here to a certain extent um, because he was just a honorable mention. So I'm going to put his name over here. And in the hat, I'm going to put all of our picks. Richie Gray, who was chosen um, by, I believe, Dave is the one that chose him. So I'm folding these up, and I'm going to put them into a hat right here, our tricorn hat. Tricorn hat. All right. So it's right in front of me. I'm folding these up to where you can't see the name, and I'm dropping it in there. So he is a lock from Scotland. Uh, that was Dave's pick. Alan Wynn Alan Win Jones, Alan Win Jones, who is a Welsh player. He's a forward. Very, very good. Uh, so Chris selected him as a dream signing. I'm folding this up. Essentially just the same way in a square here. And I'm dropping it into the hat. I picked as a scrum half Danny Kerr, who plays for Harlequins, also an Englishman, um, along with Joe Mahler, who is an Englishman, but he is a prop. So I'm folding this up, and I am getting a nice square there, okay, dropping it into the hat. And the final selection was a South African-born but Irish um, national player, C.J. Stander, who plays eight-man and sometimes flanker for Ireland. So I have folded this one as well, okay, and I've dropped it into the hat. So the hat is right here and I'm going to kind of like look away. So basically what we're doing here for the first um, question for people that we're going to put out there as a poll, who should be going against Joe Marler to basically enter into the tournament of the, the free Jacks dream signing um, for the Jacks Ranger show. So I'm going to open this back up real quick. So keep in mind, this is Joe Marler is going to be the guy that whoever gets picked here is going to be all the opponent of. Okay. So I'm shaking it up. Okay. So I'm going to reach in. I am not looking. Here's my Dig hand. deep. Dig deep. This is above my head, so I can't see what it's going to be. I've got one. They're kind of sticking together. I shouldn't have done sticky notes. <laughs> is there... Okay, uh, there we go. You folded them I, I had to pull. Uh, <laughs> I had to pull one off. Okay, so wow, it, it's Danny Care, guys. It's going to be Danny Care. Um, both of these are these guys are teammates. Not only are they English national team players with each other, they also play on the same team, Harlequins, in the English Premiership. So Joe Mahler and uh, Danny Care will be Danny facing Care. off against each other. 
um, to determine who moves on into the regular bracket, if you will, against the other names that I mentioned in our dream free Jacks dream signing tournament, essentially. Woo. That was fun. Um, actually let's Bye. go ahead and, um, draw the rest of the, the, um, yeah, get the bracket going. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get the rest of the bracket going while I have you on here. So there is three left in there. I can confirm that. Digging down in there for you. <laughs> All right, I'm just shaking it up, right? Okay, so it is now above my head. I cannot see who's coming. Verify, folks. He's not cheating. Okay, so Alan Wynn Jones. All right. Against. Again. Right. Who's this? Richie Gray. Okay. So Alan Wynn Jones and Richie Gray are teamed up together here. So the final one here is going to be CJ Stander. So CJ Stander will face off against Danny Care or Joe Mahler, whichever moves on from that first bracket or you know play-in tournament whatever you want to call it yeah all right so guys, the dream team just said <laughs> yeah exactly so everybody um follow the facebook uh, instagram twitter we're gonna have polls on there for these these tournament uh, big name dream signings and uh yeah just trying to keep people engaged obviously in the off season here it's just it's so long yeah. um but yeah got anything else for us doc before we got here I've got one thing, and that's a, a great big huzzah. Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I've got Dave, of course, as always with us. Now, we've got a spare, very special guest this week. Newly signed on, newly announced, Joe Johnston for the New England Free Jacks. Joe, how the hell are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Um, currently just back in New Zealand, enjoying it, and uh yeah excited about being announced and, and and coming back to the free jacks next year awesome so uh dave he's calling in from the future again he's down in new zealand it is sunday morning there as of recording right now it is uh saturday afternoon here so it's pretty cool all right let's get into the first question here for the rangers that may not know tell us where you're from and your connection to new england um so i'm i'm from new zealand i grew up in a town uh, called Fakatani. Um, uh, I've grown up, I've been here my whole life. Uh, played rugby here, um, stayed locally. Um, but with the, the connection with Boston is through my mum. My mum uh, was born in America. She was born in Boston, uh, grew up and went to college and I oh, went to high school and college in, in Boston. And uh she met my dad, uh, who was a Kiwi traveling, and uh, came back and settled in New Zealand. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, obviously, New Zealanders, uh, they, they learn about rugby at a very young age. When did you know you wanted to be a professional rugby player? Was there a moment for you that you was like, I can do this professionally? Um, well, I'm not sure. Like, I, I always I, – I can't remember when I first started watching the All Blacks, but I just remember always watching – um, footy on TV. I actually played soccer when I was really younger, when I was like before, like ten. It was about playing soccer, and then and then I just started. Dad took us along to the local club, and we just started playing rugby. But when it became professional, now nah, I, I don't really know. Like 
I just kind of kept kept playing and kept really enjoying it. And I was thinking if I keep going, I'll just keep going. And uh, like I, I really enjoy it. So um, probably my, my high school years, when I, was, I, when I was playing in high school, I was thinking to myself, you know, this I, I could I could kind of maybe make a bit of career out of this, but. Yeah, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but yeah, maybe high school is when I was thinking maybe I'll just try stick with rugby for a bit and see where I can go with it. Very Were nice. you always a flanker, Joe, or did you move around? Did you settle in that position? Or have you just been a, a seven your whole career? No, nah, nah, I was a back. When I first started, I was a winger, and then I think I moved to centre, and I moved to halfback, and then I moved to forwards. This was all like... Um, this was all before I turned like uh, 11 or 12, I think. By the time I was, you know, by the time I yeah, started playing like under 12s, I was a forward. But back in the early, early days, I was a, I was a back. Very nice. Um, so obviously we've still got a few months to go here before MLR kicks off. What have you been doing in the off season? Um, I'm currently working at the moment, uh, Kew Fruit Orchard. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm still going to the gym and doing a bit of running, just keeping things ticking over. Not, um, not exhausting myself at the moment, but you know, as things start to get closer, um, I'll start to ramp up the training a bit. And you know, there's a few Kiwi boys that are here that you know I'll start making connections with, and it'll be quite, uh, quite cool to link up and then uh, head back over. Perfect. What made you decide to rejoin the Free Jacks and the MLR for 2022? Um, well, it was just really fun. I I really enjoyed the atmosphere, like and the and the coaching and the management and the whole setup there, and everyone else behind the organisation. It was like, you know, uh, a part of me wants to go and, and and travel and and see a lot more of the world, but you know, I was just like, well, just thought it was just that much fun, and and I really enjoyed playing rugby, and I really enjoyed kind of the atmosphere of Boston and the crowd at Boston and. Um, and all the fans and stuff. So I was like, oh, you know, why leave? So I, I'll stay. And, and, and um, you know, I was talking to TK about it. And, uh, you know, I was just like, you know, I enjoy it, mate. And, and he was real keen to, to have me back. And, um, yeah, look, I, I can't speak for next year, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep doing what I, what I enjoy. And if I enjoy being at Boston, then I'll just, you know, yeah, stay at Boston. Perfect. Uh, Mike Rod- We'd love to have you. Sorry. <laughs> but you're welcome as long as you want to stay, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike Rogers, the new assistant coach, is a coach that you've worked with in the past at Bay of Plenty. What excited you uh, about him joining the free uh, the coaching tent in New England? Uh, what excites you about him joining? Um, well, just the, um, just the fact that I worked with him before and, and we got along real well. Mike knew me when I was um, – I came out of school. I think I, I'd met him before um, when I was like doing the eighth grade stuff, like under 16s and 18s, I think. But I really got to know him when I left school and I came back to uh, to the Bay. And, um, you know, we obviously clicked and, and here we had a good coaching staff. Um, and, yeah, we just, we, we clicked and, and we got on and um, I really enjoyed his coaching style and um, what he had to offer. Uh, you know, he's he's... He's not only quite calculated with, you know, how he how he organises a team and, and and lays out game plans, but he's also easy to, uh, you know, he he also has player welfare 
you know, one of, one of his top of his priorities. So he does look after his players and, and, he, and he puts out some neat um, neat gameplays and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So really enjoying, really enjoyed that. I'm uh, really happy that he's uh, coming back, uh, that, he's, that he's heading over. So. Yeah, we interviewed him a couple of weeks back. We really enjoyed talking to him. He seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, so there was an infamous Free Jacks Investigate episode on the Free Jacks channel with you and the Eagle. A uh, lot of yeah. on-camera chemistry there. Any thoughts of doing any Free Jack Investigate uh, episodes in the future? The Rugby Network really needs to get behind this and put a show of you guys on their network. I think that would be a fantastic idea. Yeah, well, as long as it pairs me up with Kyle, be all good. He's a good dude. Enjoy, enjoy him. Um, he's good in front of the camera. He's real good in front of the camera. Not sure I can stay say the same, but um, yeah, learning. It, it's good. Just uh, um, it, it, it's good doing that kind of stuff, and I, I enjoy when I'm paired up with Kyle doing uh, media stuff. Dave, take it away. Excellent. Um... Joe, uh, fans want to know, how did you get the nickname The Mechanic? Is it just from your work on the rugby field? Is it your life off the field? How'd that come about? Yeah, it's um, it, it, when I got announced last year, um, Coach Ryan Martin uh, announced, gave me my name as he, when he announced me. And because um, I'd worked with Ryan before, and so he knew how I played. And um, like I asked him directly during the season, he's like, "Oh, you just you know clinical around the ruck and stuff like that. You really you know you can get in there and, and do all the little detail things, right?" So now he's called me the yeah, called me the mechanic, and it's kind of stuck a little bit here and there. Um, so yeah, I look, I have no complaints. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good name and it's got a good background. It sounds like pretty accurate. So um, that's good. Um, my next question is maybe the closest we've gotten to hard hitting rugby journalism here on the show. And, it, uh, but there's been a, there was a rumor last season that Gary gold, the USA coach who on Twitter was very happy that you're returning had offered you a USA cap. He's definitely back excited to have you in the MLR. Um, is it true that you were offered a cap and declined? That's like, that's a persistent rumor online. Um, or is there any chance that we'll get to see you pull on a USA jersey? Because I, you know, it seems to me and to a lot of fans that you're you're at that level, um, and that that yeah, um, could be on the uh, table. Yeah, I mean, I, I've spoken to Gary. Um, really enjoyed talking to him. He's a good dude. He came and spent some time with us, and you know, he really knows his stuff, and and he's easy as to get along with. So, um, yeah, he, he did offer. I was. Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting just to come over here and play kind of six months. So, you know, I was trying to line things up back in New Zealand. And, um, you know, when he offered me and I spoke to him, you know, I, I leant towards like I, I wasn't ready to leave New Zealand yet and um, pack my things up. You know, I wanted to kind of have a little bit more time here. And like he, he understood that and he was really, really good to, to talk to about that. And, you know, I, I expressed to him that I never want to, you know, I don't want to shut the door completely on it yet. Um, with rugby being, you know, I, I haven't kind of had anything, you know, longer than six months ever secured really. So I, there, there, there is a lot of chopping and changing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen next year. Um, but, you know, there's, 
everything's an option and um i i, I still kind of think that i you know i still have a, a gut feeling like a bit of an ambition to to come and try and make it in new zealand um but i'll be smart about it and as soon as you know i can just read the signs and you know if it's pointing me to stay to new zealand or if they're pointing me to head to america and make my career there then you know i'm, I'm not going to be silly about it or waste any time and so yeah, I spoke to Gary about it, and and he's completely, um, you know, he really understands, and he's really good with that kind of stuff. So I, I think from here, I'll just, um, you know, we'll just keep up the communications and and kind of just see what happens next year. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that answer. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's it's a really competitive area, you know, and, and um, it's. Uh, I'm sure really difficult, like you said, six months contracts make it make it challenging to plan um, long yeah. term and make those big commitments. Um, yeah. But best wishes to you, whatever you choose. You know the fans love Thanks. seeing you play. You know no matter where. So yeah. congratulations and, and um, you know we'll we'll hope it works out. I, I didn't really like I said I didn't really expect to have this kind of this this problem to make this kind of decision yet. So I was kind of a bit caught off guard. So yeah, um, but cheers, mate. Thanks. Yeah, good good problem to have, but definitely a tough uh, tough decision. Joe, you were um, great in a USA jersey. I'm just going to throw that out there. We know red, yeah. white, and blue looks good. Yes. We've already seen it. You know, yeah, we know yeah. what it does for you. Um, I have one more question. This one's a little uh, little more fun. Who is your go to roommate when you guys are on the road? Who's the guy you want you want to be with, and why? Uh, when I was on the road, I was with uh, Vian Conradi quite a lot. I really enjoyed, we, we got on well and we uh, really enjoyed, um, you know, uh, sharing a room. Um, so that, that was good. He's, he's good. If I was to pick someone, uh, you know, just for fun, just maybe for once, I'd probably pick Harrison Boyle, get on well with him. And uh, yeah, it would, uh, it'd be, it'd be quite a fun quite a fun experience to share a room with him so yeah, oh, as, much much. as much energy <laughs> off the off the pitch as he does on the pitch yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it uh, so just real quick here before we get into the fun stuff I'll, you know you were selected as captain in josh larson's absence can you describe your leadership style yeah well, i uh you know i had a, a wee bit of experience um, before, um, I know that you know, with being a captain, you got to lead from the front and you got to really set the example, but you also got to make sure that you know it, it is a team effort and you know the team does you know have a big impact and and how the game goes. So, you're going to have to take in their you know their queries and questions and how they're feeling. Um, during the week and, uh, you know, make sure that not that there's other people that you kind of delegate that they're also making sure everyone else holds up high standards. But when it comes to the game and on the field, you know, you gotta, you gotta be decisive. You gotta, um, leave from the front. Um, but you also, you also gotta listen. So that's kind of what I try to head around and, you know, I don't try, you know, be too, to out there just try and make sure that you know do what say what's needed to be said do what's needed to be um, done and then that's it you know you don't you don't muck around or you don't carry things on that don't need to be carried on so yeah 
Awesome. Thank you for, uh, the, so that ends the serious questions. Let's get into the, the fun stuff real quick. So the past couple of weeks, we've had, you know, some uh, international flavor on the, the on the podcast here on the show. So um, just want to throw this out here. Give us your best Boston and American accent. Can you do it? Ooh. Yeah, I, I can, um, what was it? Uh, the, um, can kind of say a phrase, eh? When, when the boys say, let's ride. <laughs> That's great. Let's ride. Right. Let's ride. Perfect. All right. So last thing here, it's called one word association. So I'm going to say a couple of words or just one word. And the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, respond to it. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. United States of America. Passionate. All right. Mags. Funny. I agree. Um, New Zealand. Aotearoa. All right. Mike Rogers. Good man. <laughs> All right. MLR. Rugby. Yep. Boston. Fun. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Joe, this has been awesome. We appreciate your time very much. Um, anything you want to say to the Free Jacks fans out there, the Rangers, the floor is yours before you get out of here. Yeah, no, I just uh, hope you guys are looking forward to the season as much as me. I'm really excited to come back and can't wait to, to sit up and, and, you know, start playing and visiting and being around Quincy. So, yeah, cheers. Before we get out of here, we're going to say a word on three. It's actually on my shirt this week. This is the uh, this is the first Rangers merch shop, guys. So you can check this out <laughs> on uh, the first uh, – excuse me, the, uh, the first regiment.com. Uh, so three – Two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Nice, boys. Thanks. Cheers, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, boys. All right, Rangers, back with you once again. All three interviews in the books. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Really enjoyed talking to all three of these lads. Uh, They're all legends in my book. You know, to have Joe on as a debut a debut, as they call it down there in New Zealand, is uh, particularly special to me. Great player. Hope to see him in a USA Rugby Eagles jersey sometime in the near future. I just think he's going to be amazing this year. He tore it up last year. I expect big things from Joe, the mechanic, John Stun, once again this year. Now let's uh, close it out here with what we do always on this podcast. Today in American Revolutionary War history, I'm going to actually cheat a little bit. I'm going to skip ahead two days. Right now I'm recording this on October the 5th. Let's jump ahead and say this is the 7th of October. This day is very special in my family. The Battle of Kings Mountain took place on this day in history, October the 7th, 1780. The Battle of Kings Mountain turned the tide in the Southern Campaign of the American Revolution. The Patriots in the South had suffered a string of devastating defeats with the fall of Savannah and Charleston and the capture of two major continental armies at Charleston and Camden. What happened After that is British Major Patrick Ferguson threatens the people in the backcountry of my home state of North Carolina and in South Carolina, saying that he would destroy their homes and villages, basically issuing an ultimatum ultimatum against these rebels to lay down their arms or he'll destroy their family and, and their villages and all this other stuff. So my ancestors didn't take too kindly to this. The, uh, the pat- uh, Patriot militia leaders, including my great, great, great time 
times, you know, whatever it is, Lieutenant Colonel Frederick Hambright and his South Fork boys meets Major Patrick Ferguson and his band of loyalists on a peak in my hometown called Kings Mount. It's a little, it's, I mean, it's a very, it's a large hill is what it is, guys. It's a glorified mountain. And, um, you know, they whoop his ass and, uh, and kill him in the process. They take all of these loyalists, the ones that weren't killed, basically a thousand, one hundred loyalists capture them. It is the turning point in the South for the American Revolution. You know, a great pride of my family is that our ancestor, Frederick Hambright, was involved in this battle. So just a little, you know, personal American Revolutionary War history that I wanted to explain to you guys. How about that? So once again, really appreciate you guys listening in here. Check back with us in maybe a week or so, maybe a little bit more than that for episode 19 of the Jack's Ranger Show. Huzzah! 